Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. All right, open your Bibles, Matthew 18. We'll get into it, right? Matthew 18. Lord, help me, Jesus. God, help me give you this word today. Lord, help me communicate this clearly to the people. Lord, help us receive and hear from you today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Okay, Matthew 18. Here we go. Matthew 18 and verse 1. We're in a series called The Heart of a Child. I'm going to read to you from Matthew 18. This is a New American Standard. Uh, you may have a New Living Translation in the seats, but I'll put it on the screen for you. Jesus said, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child to himself, and he sat him before them, and he said, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and you become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, I said last week, go back and listen. If you're confused about salvation, this isn't referring to that. I'm not going to take that much time on this this week. Go back and listen to it. This is referring to Matthew six thirty-three: Seek ye first the kingdom, and all these other things will be added unto you. So that's what he's referring to there. It's, it's, you have to humble yourself as a child, and, and, and that's how you receive the things from the kingdom of heaven. Verse 4, whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, what did the child do that caused him to say that? Whoever humbles, humbles himself as this child, he's the greatest in the kingdom. What did the child do? Jesus called a child up to him, and he sat down with him, or he put him before the people, a couple of different you know, Matthew, Mark, different ones and read differently. But the child responded to what Jesus said. He was willing to hear and to obey the word that God gave him at that moment. And children do that now. They may, listen, if you're a parent, I know you think, well, they don't respond to me. Well, that's because they're used to our voice. They hear us, but they listen. We have said over and over and over again, it's coming through there. But I'm telling you, the child was willing to listen when the time was right. And they responded. And Jesus said, that's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Verse 5, this is one we're going to talk about today. And whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. You know, when you receive someone, if you receive a child, like he's saying, if you, when you take care of, when you honor, or let's put it this way, when you give hospitality to someone, when you receive a guest in, Jesus said, when you receive a child in this way, you've received me. Now, how do you receive people at your home? I don't know how it was at Thanksgiving. I don't know if you had, like, crazy family, or I don't know what came to your town. I don't know how it works at Thanksgiving for you in your home. But I know if you were to come to our house, this is what would take place. My wife would make, now, God love her. If if she could, she would want me to knock out five walls in the house and have a buffet for a hundred. It looked like the Last Supper times ten, you know. She would just she'd love it, but we don't. We've knocked out no walls, and she hates that. But it only happens twice a year, Thanksgiving and Christmas, and usually one other day. But that wall is an irritation just for about a day, and then it goes away. So I'm, I'm holding onto the wall right now in Jesus' name, as long as I can. Because <laughs> I know what it would cost to move it. But if you come to our house, wall or not, let me tell you what she does. She will make sure that you have been received. Like as a guest, she will make sure that you have been honored. But, you know, would you like something to drink? Can I get you anything? If you've never been to our house, she'll sometimes say, listen, if you need the restrooms, they're down there. 
If, if, can I, is there anything I can do? Oh, you're allergic to dairy? Well, no problem. My husband is too. So guess what? We have oat milk. Is that good? Or would you like almond milk? No, I mean, we've got it all, man. Oat, almond, regular, non-fat. I mean, it's crazy. We got so much random stuff there. I mean, I could, we could barista, I think. You know what I'm saying? So, but she would do that because she wouldn't, she wants to honor you. It doesn't matter if something does it. She would want you to feel welcome. And if she felt like you didn't feel welcome, that would bother her to the point that she would figure out by the next time you come over, what is it that makes you feel welcome? And she would accommodate that for you. That's how it would be if you come to our house. Now, I don't know how you do it at your house. That's between you and you, you know, and your family, whatever. But that's how she would do it. That's how we do it. When you receive guests in your home, it is, it is referred to in, in our culture, we call it hospitality, but in the in the Jewish culture, hospitality was something completely different. When a guest came over, you received them into your home. You took care of them. It was a very honorable thing to do. And if you refused to receive someone, it was very dishonoring. Not to the person who you refused to receive. It was dishonoring to your home. It was like a mark. Like you just didn't. There was something wrong with you, not the person. And, and believe me, in their culture was different. People just didn't randomly come up every day and say, hey, what's up? you got to take me in and feed me. That's not how. There was a great deal of respect in this process. But it was honor. And sometimes how you receive one is an indicator, an indicator of how much you value that person. You know, we, we look at this and what we do with kids and stuff. And, man, you guys pray. We're praying for, you know, like some of our staff are sick. We got volunteers sick, all kind of stuff, you know. So we're praying for all those guys. Today a lot of people came in short notice and worked out different things to make it happen with Kids Church today. It takes a lot of people to do what they do with kids. But one of the things we do is when they come in, we receive children. Now watch this. We receive children in Jesus' name. We say to a child, you are welcome here. And yes, we do give them candy and we do load their pockets. Yes, because we want them to know when they come to church, that church can be fun. We don't want them coming to church going like, oh my goodness, it's so boring. We want them to have fun. When Pastor Stephen came, he said, hey man, what do you want kids church to look like? I said, well, first of all, I, I want them to have a lot of fun. I want it to be safe and secure and I want it to be Christ-centered. That's all I care about. He said, okay, no problem. That's what we're going to do. So when people come over, sometimes people get frustrated because we lock doors. But that's because that's what we do. I, I mean, I, I've been doing this long enough where, look, guys, I, it, it's just important. It's just good practice. But we just do that. And then so sometimes it is irritating. If as a parent, you have to go over and knock on the door and wait 20 seconds for them to get there. I get that. But let's just be honest. I've been into other buildings. I've walked through the hallways did three laps and then told the person in charge, I just walked through this building with all these kids three times and no one ever saw me. That's a freaky feeling that no one knew it. And so my prayer is not saying we can't make a mistake, but we are trying our best to do it because we, I want it safe and secure. I want it Christ-centered. I want them to hear about Jesus. Not just learn about, you know, how many animals were on Noah's boat. Why did they get on the boat? That's what I want to know. And I want them to have some crazy fun. That's why we feed them a lot of candy. And I know you think, why? Listen, you can withhold from them all you want all week and just bring them here and let them get it out of their system. It'll make it even more fun for them because they'll be like, please, 
can I go because I get candy? I don't care if that's what they think about because in the middle of it, we're going to give them Jesus. Like, I mean, you get coffee when you come to church. Nobody complains. Well, I mean, some people complain, but nobody really complains most of the time about it. I mean, you know, you, the kids need stuff too. Anyway, we receive children. Why is that so important? Because the child is so easily conformed to whatever they hear, see, the environment they're in. A child becomes a product of their environment. And how you receive one is, is an indicator of how you value them. It's how you value them. And Jesus said, if you receive me, if you receive a child in my name, you have received me. So we don't understand this when we do in kids. When those children walk through that door over there, you don't understand who just walked in with them. They're not walking in by themselves. Jesus just walked in with them. It's in the text. That's in red. He clearly said, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. So what do we want to do? We want to honor those children. Because why? While we're honoring them, we're honoring who? Jesus. A lot of times it's overlooked. People think kids are unimportant and they just overlook it and think, well, it's just kids church. No, it's not just kids church. It's ministry that's taking place with children. It communicates hospitality. And sometimes maybe you don't have the means to do a lot. That's fine. But watch this. You can have hospitality to someone. When you go to Publix, particularly where I see this happen, when I go to Publix, and I don't go a lot, but when I do, uh, if I see someone who is older, learn this. If you're my age or younger, I can't speak for everybody, but I can just tell you, if you're you know, 40-ish and under, let me just give you a word. If somebody goes in and they're walking and they're behind you, but they're gray-haired, your responsibility is not to walk through that door. Okay, if it's electronic, no problem. But if it's not electronic, your responsibility is to stop and to do this. And they will look at you like they've just lost their mind because it don't happen as much anymore. But you do it anyway and watch them just go right in. Now listen, if they're young and cool and wearing skinny jeans and got cool hair, they can open the door themselves. They ain't got time for all that. They ain't sitting there. I ain't the doorman for everybody. But there is an amount of respect that should go forward to someone who's walking in that needs assistance. I have stopped before at the shopping cart where the, a guy literally asked me. I was walking by. It was a big thing of, uh, you know, I would have never helped him before. But get seen as how we have a cat. Now, I just, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that thing stayed. It's not going away. He had a bag of cat food. And so <clears throat> I'm walking by. He says, hey, sir, could, could you help me? Could you help me with this? And so I did, just put it in his car for him. Now, do you know how many times this probably happens though when people ask help? How many people just walk right by and don't even, don't even act like they're there? It didn't take 20 seconds to just say, yeah, let me help you, man. There is an element of respect and honor that should be present in our goings and comings with people, whether I know them or I don't know them. It communicates hospitality, how a person is received. Now, Matthew twenty two fifteen. let me give you another couple of verses, and we're going to move through these kind of quickly. Matthew twenty two fifteen. 15, um, this is the Pharisees and how they did not receive Jesus, okay? Matthew twenty two fifteen. it says, Then the Pharisees went and they plotted together how they might trap him in what he said. They were furious at the preaching of Jesus. So they organized a staff meeting, a strategic session, a SWOT analysis, 
whatever you want to call the thing, they sat down and they plotted on how to trap Jesus. These were religious leaders of the day. They spent their energy and their time to figure out how to return an answer to what Jesus was preaching. This is unreal to me. But they did this in verse 16, and they sent their disciples to him. So they didn't want to go themselves. They sent their, their, their little minions. They went along with these Herodians. You can read about those guys later, but saying, teacher. Now, this is very interesting. Listen to the statement they said, because if you think Jesus is just overlooking everything in our society, you would be wrong. Even the Pharisees who Jesus called vipers and venomous snakes knew better. Listen to what they said. They said, Jesus, our teacher, we know that you are what? Come on, we're going to answer together. We are what? Yeah. And you teach the way of God in what? Mm -hmm. That's not fun word anymore today, is it? Truth. Truth. Come on, let's all say it together right now, because it's not a common word. Truth, right, there you go. He preaches the God, the word of God in truth, and you defer to no one. What it means is, even to your buddies, you don't give a pass, for you are not partial to any. Tell us then, Jesus. See, what they just did was they said, okay, Christian, you say you believe this, but what about this? And therefore, we try to lay a trap. If a God is such a good God, how can a loving God send people to hell? Have you heard this before? If a God really loves people, how can he hate so many people? If a God, it, It's all these different things people try to trap with. So watch what Jesus said. They said, what do you think? Is it lawful to give a poll tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their malice. Malice means evil. And he said, why are you testing me, you hypocrites? <laughs> Never ask a brother that believes in strong truth to give you an opinion, because they will give you straight-up opinion. Show me the coin used for the poll tax. Y'all know what I'm talking about, people that give you truth, right? You, you ever been on something like, they, like they're ice cold, it's truth. My oldest daughter, she came in this morning, gave one of our singers a hug. We're all good friends, we're pretty close, and comes in, gives big up. Ah, my oldest is like that. She's like, ah. Brother goes and asks my middle one, hey, do I get a hug too? She goes and goes, I don't really do that. <laughs> he tries to give her a fist but she goes, I really don't do that, but ice cold. Don't ask the girl if your outfit looks good. Don't, if you don't want to know, don't ask her. Ask Ava. She'll, she'll love you through it. The middle one, she's like a prophetess. I mean, just no mercy, you know? That's what, Je they knew that about Jesus. They threw it out there to him, and what did he call them? You hypocrites. It's just, you ask for it, right? Verse 19, so he says, show me the coin used for the poll tax. And they brought him a denarius, which is about a day's wage. And he said to them, whose likeness and inscription is this? They said unto him, Caesar's. Now they said Caesar's is a representation of the government, but I'll show you a coin in a moment that is a little bit different, but anyway. Then he said to them, watch. Very important truth. Everybody say truth. Truth. Then render to Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and then render to God the things that are God's. And hearing this, <laughs> they were amazed, and leaving him, 
they went away. <laughs> like they have nothing else to say. Like, Because oh. they hated the fact that the Romans were over them. And they hated the fact that he would bring those two together and not give them a one or the other. He left it in their court. Now, why am I saying that to you? This whole idea of trapping Jesus, even in the Roman occupation, Jesus said, yeah, it stinks you got to pay the tax, but give unto God too. Now, how many you know, is it fun to render unto, we don't call it Caesar, we call it whatever you want to call it, okay? Uncle Sam, what do y'all call it, right? Uncle Sam, the IRS, whatever it's called. Who enjoys that? I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy writing a check this year. Wasn't fun. Didn't enjoy it at all. Wrote that check, not with a smile. Wasn't like, you know, yay, let me pray for all you guys. Well, I send this in, fold it up, stick in the envelope. I'm like, you know what? I didn't put a stick in there. I hope you have a blessed day in Jesus' name. Rainbows and unicorns and popcorn. No, I didn't do any of that. I wrote that check angry. I thought about writing it and going like, I'm going to make it where they can't read it. <laughs> don't, don't look at me like you've never. Who enjoys it? No one. Here's the reality, though. Jesus said, render that and render this. It's the whole idea of these things you should have done without leaving the other things undone. He's not going to give us grace and say, hey, it's okay. Don't worry about the kingdom. Just, you know, do your own thing. He's not going to do that. But he's also not going to look at you and say, hey, look, don't worry about the government either. No one enjoys it. I don't like it. My taxes went up a lot this year, a lot, like a chunk. Anybody else? It wasn't fun. Next year's, uh, uh, yeah, I don't like it. I'm pretty frustrated about it, in case you can't tell. But Jesus gave a beautiful example of this. He didn't overlook God's part, so he's saying, trust me with your resources while you're giving unto Caesar that part too. Truth. Now, it's very interesting. This is another verse, same kind of context, Matthew 17. It's all in the same, you know, couple of verses or a couple of chapters of Matthew. But I'm going to back up a little. Matthew 70, verse 24. This is another time taxes and, and money came up with Jesus. And I'm not talking about this day. I'm really doing this to give a point to something that I wanted you to see this about this, 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 uh, their coins and whatnot. But verse 24, Matthew 17, 24, I put it on the screen for you. It says, when they came to Capernaum, Capernaum, you know, is a place where Jesus did great ministry. Those who collected the two drachma tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the two drachma tax? This is a different tax. Okay, he said, one is the Caesar, one's a temple tax. Okay, he said, yes, he does pay this. So Peter was saying, no, we take care of our stuff. <clears throat> but when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first saying, what do you think, Peter? Now, this is kind of a test, right? What do you think, Peter? From who do the kings of earth collect customs or poll tax? From their sons or from strangers? In other words, the Roman Empire, uh, do they collect it from their people or from the people they're occupying? They're, they're collecting it from the occupied people. They leave their people alone, so to speak. So Peter said, from the strangers. Well, Jesus said to him, then the sons are exempt. Now, some people will take that, and they take this whole idea of what the Bible says, we must obey God rather than men. And they hear that, and they think, well, we must not obey the government in anything. And there's, that's, you'd be an error. Okay, I'm just going to tell you, you'd be an error. Do a ride along a couple of times with an officer, and you'll see... That doesn't work. You never get away with pointing to try and tell the officer about Jesus while you get pulled over for doing 80 and a 65. It's not going to happen. They're going to say, well, I'm, I love Jesus too. While they write you a ticket, say, have a good day. I'll pray for you. <laughs> Hope it goes well. But anyway, 
the, the point of me bringing this up is we're, when he says the sons are exempt, he wants you to understand you're not under the authority of this government spiritually. There are natural things that we need to obey, but spiritually you are not under, you are over it. Do you hear me? So no matter what the culture comes at you with, you and your family are not under the spirit of this nation. You're not under the spirit of this city. You are above that. You are seated with Jesus in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. Everything named in this world, not in this world, but that which is to come. He raised you up and he sat him. Are y'all with me this morning? Okay. He raised you up and sat you together with him in the heavenly places. Above, not beneath. But Jesus wants you to know, just because you're over him spiritually, watch what he says next. But, so that we do not offend them. Interesting. So that we do not offend them, go to the sea, throw in a hook, take the first fish that comes up, and when you open its mouth, you'll find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for you and for me. Now, Jesus is very interesting. This is a miracle right here. He goes fishing. He knows how to fish. He's never caught a fish with money in it. He might have went fishing more. Maybe that's why later, after the resurrection, he said, I'm going back fishing. He thought, maybe I'll catch some more fish with some coins. But this coin had the value to pay for both, for he and for Jesus, which tells me, listen to me, no matter what you're going through, you're not alone in your provision. Jesus not only takes care of things for his own self, he'll take care of things for you. You're not by yourself. If he gives you a witty idea or creative thought or something to process or to go forward to, don't be afraid. Follow through with what the Lord gives you. And, and he's going to be in whatever he told you he's going to be in. But he says so that we don't offend them. I, I find that very interesting. Why would he say that? Because if you're ever around people in government, uh, they will tell you many times they're as frustrated with things as, as we are. They're stuck in a bureaucracy. It's the new term now. It's like the third branch or the fourth branch of government is bureaucracy. So much red tape. You know, you have the judicial legislation, the executive now bureaucracy. It's like the fourth branch of government. Never in the Constitution, but it's there now. You just can't get anything moving. But as to not to offend them, I'm not going to put a stand up in front of my, you know, the fact that my taxes went up. I'm not going to stand up in front of the Georgia State legislation with a picket sign and say, I refuse to pay more taxes to you until. Now, I know there was the Boston Tea Party. I know some of you guys think, well, there should be that again. Maybe so. I don't know. But whatever. Uh, at this point, I just don't see the point in it. Right? I'm not going to offend them in this. I, I'm trying to reach them right now. And as long as I can pay it and it's not, you know, I'll get over my frustrations. I don't want to offend them. Why is this important? Because let me just show you something. When we look at the money of a country, they, it's funny, they still put who's in charge on it. So why are you bringing up this money? What's that have to do with the kid? Let me just try to show you. I'll show you a couple of coins. I want you to see this real quick and let you see a couple of pictures of some coins. These are some different ones here. If you guys put the first one up for me, so you see, uh, well, okay, uh, I think they're going out of order, but that, okay, that's a dollar. Can you start with the uh, coins by chance? I don't know if that one's for, there you go. Perfect. So this is one of the coins. This is what, uh, now, there's a couple of variations, so I don't have time to get into the technical stuff, okay? Please don't tell me that's not the right one and blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. It's close enough. It's, it's, you get the point. This is what would have been a, one of the coins during the time in, in which of Caesar that was actually made with Tiberius. And, and so they would have been manufacturing these coins, but this is the one they had. But notice, I just want you to see the point of it all, is there's a picture of someone on it. 
Like that tells you who's in charge, go to sleep. Go, go to the next one if you don't mind, please. The next one that would be there. Let's see what this one is here. This is the other one. These are two different ones. The ones I just gave you, there's the two different ones Jesus talked about. One was for the temple tax, one's for the government thing. Look, notice on there, right? There's another, another one on there. And this is actually one from Tyre. The other one was a uh, Caesar thing. Another point, the, the face is on it. You see what I'm saying? The person in charge, so to speak, is on it. Right? So, so go to the next one. Let me show you this. Because what people, whenever the person's face is on the value of it, the, char- the person in charge, if you will, dictates, if you will, the values and everything else under that that goes forth in, in a nation, if you will. So can you guys do the next one there? No, it's not that one. That was last. Sorry. I don't know why it keeps popping up. Should be a couple more dollar bills up there or different bills. Is there no more? No. <laughs> this stuff. Oh, there we go. Thank you. So if you don't know who this is, and I never can pronounce the guy's name right, but it's Mao Zedong, Zedong, I think he said, whatever. The guy, this is the guy that's responsible. You think Hitler is bad. This joker was responsible for the murder, mass murder. And here's the crazy thing. Between 40 and 80 million people, how do you... 40 and 80. That tells you how bad it was. Between 40 and 80 million people. Makes Hitler look like a nursery baby. You understand? And yet, this is no critic. If you are from China or you have Chinese background, this is not a critique against you as an individual. Just hear me. I'm going to have our money up too, okay? Just a moment. His face is up there. And that represents what they value still in their government. This is, this, is not an old, this is not an old bill. This is fairly new. They just reprinted them. He's considered a hero to many people over there. That's pretty... I mean, I can't imagine Germany having a picture of Hitler on their money. Can you? Look, look at the next one. There. Let's see if you've got a couple more real quick. <clears throat> now, this one, do you know who this guy is? Yeah, Mandela, right? Now, you see that? What is you, most of them, you just smile. Yeah, I know who that is. Now, whether you agree with this degree or whatever about different things... You have to respect the fact that this man would stand up and help break down apartheid and help transition something in a government. You have to respect. There's a level of respect there that's much greater than what you look back on the other guy, right? Or the name of Hitler. You look at that and go like, yeah, yeah, man, that's pretty cool. Probably has some issues. I know there's some stuff in his past. Yeah, there was. But he changed. Great, great thing that took place over there. All right, so I think uh, the next one is, is, is probably our money. Yeah, there we go. And so then there's this guy. Most of you know, if you don't, it's called George Washington. There's these interviews that go on right now asking young people, like, who's the first president of the States? And they say it's like, you know, I don't know, Bill Clinton. I'm like, what? Is this a joke? Is this real? Do real people know this? This is George Washington, just for clarity. Now, did he do some things probably wrong? Yeah, probably. I don't know. Didn't know him. Did issues in his background? Probably, yeah. Who didn't back then? The point is, though, for the most part, when you see it, uh, the representation of that, you think someone who fought for freedom. Same as probably what you thought through Mandela. You think about what is on there, and then you see something else very unique. It's on our money. Now, you don't see on this, but you know it's there. It says a label called, In God We Trust. It's on our money for a reason. Whether our nation is exemplifying that or not right now is, is irrelevant. It was intended to be in the nation the Lord to bless. Not just you individually, 
your income, your resources, but for this nation to trust in God. In God we trust. And whoever's face is on the money, it tells you a lot about what the nation values. It tells you. So what does that have to do with a kid and how you receive Jesus and everything else we just talked about. When the Jewish Talmud, this is just a teaching that Jewish leaders came up, they, they put different teachings in, almost like commentary. The Jewish Talmud, it says this. It says, he is the king of the country whose coin is current in the countries. It says, he is the king of the country whose coin is current in the country. For the Romans, it was Caesar. And the Jewish people hated the fact that they had coins and money that represented someone who was over them and dictated their life and what they could and what they could not do. Their ideas and their dreams and things like that, they were always looking at that and saying, this is not who we are, but we have to, we're under this occupation. We have no, nothing we can do with it. And their ideas and dreams of a nation, it was just falling apart because of the, tyrant, the tyranny of, of, of Caesar and others. Let me just say something. There's always something that you and I could disagree with. Always. I could disagree with how much money I pay in taxes. You could too. Some of you pay way more than I do. I could disagree with how things are run in the government, as many of you can too. There are many disagreements that we can have, and that's true in the government. And every time you see the income, you may think, why are they doing this? Let's bring this over from what we see under the natural authority. And let's ask ourselves about some spiritual authority that God gives each of us. And Jesus explained to his disciples, we don't have time to get in so many disagreements about this tax. Go fishing, Peter. Let's pay it and move on. I don't have time to sit here. Now, listen, I got a good account. I'm going to figure out how am I... Dot every I cross every D. Help me, Lord. Help me, Mr. Accountant. Help me with everything I can. Do everything you can. But at the same time, I'm going to move on because why? I got something to do. And Jesus said, we got a work to do. And he had a great lesson in this that we need to adapt to. Now, I'm, I'm going to lead into this. Just watch this. Children want to know. Children want to know that that what they want, when they want it, and how they can get it. They, they just want it. But they have to have boundaries so that they get what they need when it's appropriate. In other words, watch this, guys. There has to be an adult in the relationship. I love children. I got three. So if you're a kid in here, I'm not being mean. But a child left to themselves, Proverbs says, will bring their mother to shame. You can't leave a child alone very long. You know what they do? There's a reason there's outlet covers. Because what did we do as kids? We're the first one. There's a reason Graco came out with outlet plug-in covers. Because we were the kids that did it. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, this just happened recently in our family. Don't it just <laughs> We were on vacation. And the little one decides to stick something in the plug on the boat. <laughs> Have you ever been in the cabin of a cruise boat and your lights go out? I can't fix that. I don't know how to work on a cruise cabin. So what do you, excuse me. Um, yeah, we, uh, power's out in her room. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, you know, I just wonder if anybody, I'm trying to go, how do I work? You know, I got the thing out, but yeah, you know, yeah, we're going to go eat. Uh, we'll just leave it to you. <laughs> Thank God they could fix it. But a kid needs some supervision. 
There's been an adult in the room, and Jesus is saying to all of us, listen, we are his children, and we must have some kind of governance, supervision, boundaries, respect, etc., whatever you want to call it. And Paul said this to us as the church. You're frustrated with things in government. Watch this. Be careful that you don't bring your frustrations and your disdain for what you see in the natural over into the spiritual. Come on, hang with me five minutes. Watch this. I don't like the coffee creamer. Well, darling, I love you, but it's free. Put three more squirts in it. You'll be fine. If you want something better, we'd be glad to take a donation and get you something better. Be careful that, watch, you don't allow your frustrations with what's out there to come into your relationships in here. Well, I don't agree with how you do the air conditioner. Well, I don't either. It's very difficult to maintain. It's 55 tons of air conditioning. And when you have swings of temperatures like this, it gets really complicated. I don't like it either. My phone goes beep, beep, warning, warning, beep, beep, warning, warning. I hate it. It goes up and down, up and down, up. I don't know what to tell you. Just bring an extra coat. (laughs) But don't bring your frustrations out there. Because watch this. When you bring it in here... Something takes place that we're not even aware of sometimes. You forget that in here, we come here today to hear from him. Not from Pastor Jody or not from where else is preaching. And the reality is this. There will be times that God asks me to do things. That, watch this. I don't want to do. And what happens when he does that? This is a question this morning I want to ask you before we go. What happens when God asks me to do something I don't like and I don't want to do? Well, what happens with your children when you ask them to do stuff they don't want to do? Many times you have to ask again. And they go, well, maybe I didn't hear you or whatever. Then maybe you have a further conversation that goes outside of just communication with verbal. Uh, you have other means. Maybe it's, I don't know what that would be for you. I don't know. Maybe it's a timeout thing that works. Uh, that really never worked great with us. We tried it, but... After about three times, I was ready to go in timeout. I thought, this is driving me crazy more than them. Uh, we did, you know, paddlings. And it was three swats. And it was not crazy. I mean, listen, we all probably had one of the crazy ones, right? Where you go pick the hickory kind of thing and bring it back. That's not big enough. Get a bigger one. Like, my gosh, how big do I have to go? You know, I brought, I brought back a dead one one time. Thought that would be cool because it just break and then no more. Oh, my grandfather would go back and get another one, son. And next time, it better be right. I mean, you're like, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. We've all done the thing where, you know, here it goes, and you're dancing around. You know, you try to get away from it. You just do your best. Man, that never worked out. So with our kids, we sat down. I said, listen, we've said it over and over. Enough's enough. You didn't just disobey. This is, this is called correction. We give you instruction. All right, we give you correction. Now, we've moved from correction, we've talked about enough, to discipline. Because we're not listening to the correction, now we're going to go to discipline. We gave three swats. A little paddle, pop, pop, pop. And the rule is this, hands on the bed, sit there, don't move. You get three swats, you're done. Now, if you start all that flailing, flipping, and flopping, and you make me miss, I'm, you're going to get six. I, I double it up, baby. I'm like, you know, you think inflation's bad. At my, we go up, Quick. Ain't nothing this, you know, coming back. And so that was the rule. And, and I had to do it some. 
uh, more for others than anyway, some got more, but and it, I hated it, but there's one thing I learned, I, and I learned this couple of different things, but I'm going to tell you something. I watched, uh, it made me understand, and I got spankings from everybody, okay, my grandmama, my mama, my granddaddy, my uncle, my uncle's over here somewhere, I saw him somewhere, yeah, I, I hear him laughing, I, don't, I can't see him, but I hear him, <laughs> you know. I learned some, I learned, he had what was called, when Georgia Bulldogs, this is after, you know, it was cool and one and all, he had what we called the Bulldog Belt. Three swats with that, baby. Man, you're like, yo, I got to get this stuff in order. It was awful. But it helped bring some correction that I needed. If a child needs boundaries, a child needs correction, a child needs discipline, the Lord tells us in his word that we are his children don't despise, watch this, the discipline of the father. What father who loves his child would not discipline his child? If you love your kids, you're going to discipline. I'm going to tell you some of the worst things. You, if you say you love your children, but you never quit, you do not love your children. If you've bought into this thing in this culture that says, well, you know, I just don't want to hurt their little spirit. You've bought into a lie. You're not going to hurt their spirit. Now, you can hurt their spirit worse by being uh, verbally assaulting them. That can make it worse than a spanking ever could. And it's done appropriately. Did you hear what I said? Three swats on the hind end right here. There's enough junk in the trunk to handle three little swats. And you're not getting crazy with it. If you're angry, you don't do it. I send them to the room. Give me a moment. I need to be calm before I do this. We go in there and it's calm. Three swats. Why am I saying all this? Because if a child needs that, and God says we're his children, he tells us in Hebrews, don't despise the father's correction. Is it not, would it not make sense that he would not discipline us at times? Would he not bring correction to us at times? But here is the end game of all of what I'm saying. How do I respond to him when I go through things that are unfavorable and it's not what I want? Because most of the time, watch this, God's going to speak to you. He's going to give you a word through something. It could be through what we are preaching. It might be through someone in here. It might be through the prayer team when they pray with you in the church. But I'm just telling you, if I'm frustrated and I cannot hear from God because I don't like what I'm seeing at church, I don't like the way you in church. You should do it like the guys on TV. I wish you would preach less. I wish you wouldn't use as many scriptures. I wish, Pastor, you would go longer. I ain't getting any amens on that. But, do you all get where I'm going? Because if, if I'm, Jesus said, watch this. He who receives you, he's about to move from a child now to watch what he says right here. I'm going to give you the scripture from Luke 10, 16. The one who listens to you, he's talking to his disciples now. The one who listens to you, listens to who? To me. The one who rejects you, rejects me. And he who rejects me, watch this, rejects the one who sent me. I learned this a long time ago, guys. That a preacher or a spiritual leader, they all have flaws. All of them. 
Even the ones on TV that you think walk in on angels' wings, they all got issues. Every single one of them. Okay? Our pastor, pastor is one of the largest churches in, in, in America, in Dallas, Texas. And he has fully communicated to us many times as pastors. He has his own issues that he deals with. He's on TV and everything. Just because you're, it doesn't change anything. We are human, but watch this. Don't mistake the humanity of what God is doing, the spiritual movement that God does through his church, because you look at a human and say, well, I, I can't get prayer from them because I know them. Whoa. He who receives, watch this, you receives me. He who rejects you, watch this, rejects Jesus. And he rejects Jesus, rejects the one who sent Jesus, who is the Father. I didn't say you have to swallow everything hook, line, and sinker. Read your Bible and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to spiritual disciplines, be careful where we say, oh, I, couldn't, I, I can't get prayer from them. I had somebody tell me that one time. We were setting up some spiritual things, and we're going to do something with them. And we were doing this for all of our staff. And literally, the individual said, I can't do that. So what do you mean you can't do that? Nope, can't do that. Why can't you do that? Everybody else is doing it. I'm doing it. Why can't you do it? Nope, don't agree with it. Can't listen to that person. Why can't you listen to that person? We just don't agree. Well, that presents a problem considering that everyone else on the team is willing to submit to someone and have a conversation over coffee. See, so these things you don't hear about that much, but this goes on. Now, what would you do in that situation? I mean, how would you handle it? It's nothing recent. Don't. It's nothing recent. This is years back. How, what would you do? I, I mean, I'm willing to do it. Everybody else on the team is doing it, but this individual says, no, I'm not going to do that. Because they have a disagreement with the personality of an individual that we set them under. He who rejects you rejects me. He who rejects me rejects the one who sent me. You may say, oh, that's kind of harsh, Pastor. No, it's in red. It's in red. I've had people come up to me and give me words before that I would never have dreamed would have given me a word. And it'd be spot on from God. And then I've had sometimes where I thought the person that would be the one that gives me the word, I got nothing. Have you ever had it happen? Have you ever been in the store or some, some guys out of the, just nowhere, and they say something, you're like, now what was your name? But you leave going like, man, that was God. But now I look at somebody else and I think, well, they must be the one. And they don't tell me anything. Be careful in either way. I don't bring my frustrations out here into the spiritual house. And I can't receive from the people that God has put in my life. I don't have to agree with everything that they do. But I do have to be open enough to say, God, what are you trying to say to me in this season? How do I respond? So as we close up today, I want to leave with you a couple of things. I won't put them on the screen for you. You might want to take a picture because there's seven of them. And I'm not preaching. I'm just going to list them. I thought about this, and I want to say this to you in a way that hopefully you'll hear my heart. Okay? If I were not a pastor, if I were a member of a church, or what we call in our church a partnership, these are the things in which I would seek to do. If I was not a pastor, if I was going into a church to preach to a church, 
for a pastor, and he was saying, hey, man, listen, can you encourage my people to plug in, to be a part? I'm trying to get my church. These are the things that I would share with the church congregation. You ready? I'm going to put on the screen for you real quick, and then we're gone. Number one, number one, I learned, I not only got a spanking from my uncle with a bulldog belt, he taught me the principle of generosity. When we just fed, and I'm just going to brag on him a little bit, and I hope he don't mind, but in the midst of all this feeding, the Thanksgiving, the team, whatever, he calls me up. Hey, man, where you at? I'm over here doing this. Hey, you want me to help out? I said, well, we're waiting on this, waiting on all the... I should show you a picture of all the chicken that we ordered from uh, Sam's. I'll bring it next week. I'll show you. It's crazy. You should see me at Sam's loading up 43 chickens, like fully cooked chickens. I mean, the people thought... People started looking at me like there was a run on chickens. Like, I'm just loading them up. You can see them like, do I need to get one too? Are we, is it like out of toilet paper time again? What's going on? You know, was, I was like, hey, man, these are my chickens. I finally had to put my cart up in a box. I said, wait, let me get my chickens first, you know? But he called me and says, hey, I got some, I want to give you some money for this stuff. I said, oh, man, that's fine. He said, no, 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 I'm coming by. I said, man, thanks, man. I was like, hey, man, I really appreciate you didn't have to do that. He said, no problem. Let me know if you need more. I was like, well, no. <laughs> You know, but I, he learned, I learned generosity. He taught me my first job, you take 10% and you give to God. I don't like that. He said, well, don't matter if you don't like it. You want the Lord to bless the other 90 or no? Truth, y'all. Hardcore. Pub me enough to tell me the truth. And let me just tell you something. We were talking as a family just this week. We were doing through our Christmas conversation, we called it. So guys, here's what we spent on Christmas. Here's this, here's that. Here's what we could do. Here's what we can't do, blah, blah, blah. What do y'all think? As a family, let's decide some stuff. And we try to give an example of Ava because she has a little part-time job doing some stuff. And so we try to figure out, so how much money does she make? How, much, how long would it take for her to pay for Christmas on her, you know, her part-time eight-hour salary thing? And we figured it up, and she goes, well, that's not right. I only make this much. And so Julia Kate's saying, no, it's this much. She goes, no, uh, no, I tithe. And then I got that. And I thought I was so proud. Not, you know, her part-time job is not going to put our church over, I don't think. You understand? But I'm so proud because that which she has heard is not some preacher. It's something that's in her that's already a part of her life. I'll tell you, the Lord has blessed me. That one thing he taught me changed my life spiritually. I would be generous and I would tithe. If I can't give money to the church, if I... It's either I don't trust the church, don't trust God or something, but I would figure it out. I'd be generous. Number two, I'd be prayerful. I'd pray for that. If I was not a pastor, if I was going to another, I would pray for that pastor. I would lift him up, his wife, his kids, because they carry more than you can imagine. I'm not, I'm I'm saying if I was going somewhere else to preach, y'all hear me right now, right? All right. I would pray for them. Number three, I would be willing. Willing what, pastor? I'd be willing to do whatever they asked me to do. I'm not saying work every service, never leave the church. I'm just saying if they said, man, we, we got to, we need somebody to just help us park cars today. We need somebody to just help us with, man, planting grass. We need somebody to help us just change some bulbs. I don't know what, whatever it is, I'd be willing to serve whatever their area they gave me. They asked me to start serving. I was trying to play drums. After I played drums for all that, somebody else came in that was much more gifted than that. I moved up. They asked me to sing, so I sang. I didn't want to sing. But they said, you can sing. So I had to learn how to harmonize. Yeah, well, what about that? Let's do a lady beside me. She goes, no, that ain't right. I said, 
well, I don't, how do I know what's right? I don't know how you harmonize. She goes, plug your ear like this, son. She taught me how to harmonize. I learned how to harmonize. I still could do it. After that, I had to usher. Then he asked me to help with kids. Didn't want to. Did it because he asked me to. Just saying, be willing. And then, be open. Be open to what they're trying to do. Be open to what they're trying to explain to you because they're human too. But they're trying their best to follow God's plan for the church. There's elders in place. They prayed they sought God before telling you their plans. Just be open. Be a disciple, number five. Keep a devotion going regardless of the time, the content. Grow. Don't leave your first love. If you don't hear anything else I hear to say today, don't leave Jesus. The world's chaotic and crazy, but don't leave your first love. Be a partner of the church. We, that's what most people call members. We call it partnership. Be a partner. You can go to Catch the Vision next week. Be a partner of the church. Don't just drink the coffee. Help make the coffee. Be a part of it in some way or some capacity. Plug in and say, this is my church. I'm not attending any longer. I'm a partner in the ministry of the gospel that God's called me to in Rome, Georgia, here at this church. And the last thing I would say, number seven, because I had to put seven in place because that's like divine stuff, man. So I thought, here's seven things I would do. Brothers and sisters, I would be an initiator. What does that mean? Walmart used to have these blue vests that said, how might I help you? Maybe we should do that and put them on, you know, for name tags. What can I do to help you? I would just start doing stuff. If they didn't even ask me until somebody says, hey, what are you doing, man? Well, I'm just, I'm just, I walked around, saw some trash in the yard, I just picked it up, whatever. I'd be an initiator. I wouldn't sit back and wait for someone to tell me what to do. I would be an initiator. And if the elders or staff tell you to do something else, go back to number three and be willing to do whatever they ask you to do. Now, as Gary comes up here this morning, he's going to close up, but guys, can I, can I, I'm telling you this because there's so many frustrations out there don't let it come into your spiritual house. There is plenty to be frustrated out without there. Don't let it come in here where it pulls you away from this, your first love, where we can't respond to God when he's speaking through the people around you that love you and care about you. I mean, this brother right here coming up here, when he shares what he shares with you and tells you about his testimony of what God has done in his life, that ain't some like Oprah conversation. That's real stuff, what God did for him. We sat across a table when I asked him to be an elder. For we, He says, I need to share with you something. Okay? I thought he was going to share like, I'm like a millionaire and I'm about to drop like a couple of hundred grand on the church. Just wanted you to know. I didn't know. I thought that's what he was going to say. He tells me his testimony about his past, what had happened. He said, I, I hope you you know, can I respect and understand. I looked at him, I said, Gary, I've got more respect for you now than I did five minutes ago because you'd be honest and just tell me that. He said, well, I, I know you want me to be an elder, but I just don't know. I said, now I really want you to be an elder. So when he shares stuff with you, I go, that's Gary, but I go, that's an elder of our church. That's not Gary Majestic, though he's got a cool last name. That is the one of the elders of our church. It doesn't mean he's always right. When he speaks for our church, I listen. What's God saying? Right? 
right. So before we go, let me pray for you guys before you go, before he comes up. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, that we hear from you today. I thank you, God, that we would respond to you today. And God, that when you discipline, correct, or give us instruction, I just pray in Jesus' name that we would be open to your spirit and hear what you have to say. God, may we never forget. And may we not be frustrated with so many things out there that we bring it into your house. May we be willing to receive from you today. Because he who receives one such little one receives you. And he who receives you receives the one who sent you, Lord. So right now in this room, if there's anybody in here that doesn't know you, I pray. We're going to lead them in a prayer, Lord. If they don't know you, I just pray they receive you today in Jesus' name. If you're watching on broadcast or you're in this room with your eyes closed, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. whole church is going to pray right now. Just repeat this after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today and I give you my heart and I give you my life. God, I am open and I want to hear you. Hear what you have to say to my heart. May you forgive me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. In Jesus' name, I make you the Lord of my life. Come on, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you, right, church? Come on, give me a hand, would you, right now? Amen, amen, amen. As Gary's coming up to the platform this morning, if you pray that prayer, there's a connect card in your seat back. There's one online as well, connect.cornerstonerome.com. If you'll take a moment to fill that out for us, drop in the offering boxes in your way at the door or fill it out digitally. Either way, we'd love to help you get started walking with Christ. Man, y'all welcome Gary to the platform this morning. Amen, amen. I tell you, if you didn't get a picture of that list, you should get that list. That's a good list uh, to live by. I was just thinking as I was sitting there, just a lot of those things, just hold your hands out in front of you like this. And I tell you, when you're open to what God has for your life, um, He just is going to fill you with those things. I think about being generous. I always thought, heard this thing before. Somebody said, keep a light grip on your money. Don't hold it tight, especially in these times right now when, you know, you hear all the economic news is bad and Christmas is coming up and what all do we have to do? Uh, People start worrying about their money. But when you're generous, God has a way. I've seen it over and over again throughout this congregation that God's got a way to meet your need and bless you over and above that. So just keep a, a loose grip on your finances. It's his, isn't it? We talk about our money. Not our money. We don't take it with us when we go, do we? So just remind you to be generous. And the way we do that here, we have offering boxes in the back. You can drop it in as you leave church. You can also go online. You can text to give. There's all different kind of ways you can do that. You can set up an automatic um, withdrawal out of your checking account to do that as well. Be generous, especially this time of year as we we just close out the year here. Our prayer partners are going to come up front now. If you've got anything, if today was the first time you accepted the Lord as uh, your Savior, Come up, pray with one of these folks. If anything else that you've got uh, a need of, these folks would really be uh, willing to pray with you as well. Also, the last thing before we go, December the 9th is a volunteer appreciation night here at the church. If you're a volunteer and you've been volunteering for a week or a year or however long it is, make sure you're here. Sign up for that because we know there's going to be a lot of food. There's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of carrying on. We thank you guys because this church cannot run. We have a very lean staff here. We don't have a whole lot of staff people full-time that we pay. It would not operate without you guys volunteering. So thank you for doing that. Uh, But make sure you go online and sign up. It helps to get uh, all the preparations done ahead of time. So as always, why don't you stand for a second before we go. Just put your hands out in front of you. We're just going to pray that blessing out of numbers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. God bless you. Have a great week. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.